Sunday morning's been uh, preaching through the Gospel of Luke, and we've come to the 21st verse of the third chapter, and we'll just read a couple verses here, and then we'll turn back to uh, Matthew chapter 3 as well in a little bit, all right? So if you're able to stand, let's stand together as I read uh, Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. I hope you're excited about the revival. Amen. Um, I hope you're not saying, well... Got to come in another few extra days. Man, we should love preaching. Amen. I think I talked about that last week. So, Amen. Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. Notice the Bible says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, Amen. in Thee I am well pleased. Lord. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, and notice verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in Amen. whom... I am well Amen. pleased. We'll stop there. We'll look at the other passages here in a little bit. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the Bible. Amen. And I pray as I preach the message that you've led me to preach this morning, that you'd please fill me afresh and anew with thy spirit. Lord, help me this morning to be accurate with your word, to rightly divide the word of truth. And I pray your word would go forth with power and clarity. Father, that you, by your spirit, would do the work that only you can do, and that's the heart work in people and the understanding in people. So we commit that to you. I do ask if someone's here that is not saved this morning, that today they'd get that taken care of yes. and be saved. Pray, and for those of us that are saved, that we would take whatever next step you have for us to take in our Christian life. Amen. We'd do that. So bless the message. Use it to bring glory to yourself, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. One of the most attacked and hotly contested Bible doctrines throughout history that is clearly taught in the Word of God, aside from salvation, is the doctrine of baptism. Read history, you'll find out. Amen. On April 11, 1612, under King James I, a man named Edward Whiteman was the last man to be publicly burned alive in England. He was burned in the town of Smithfield. What was his crime? Here it is. He denied infant baptism. Amen. Matter of fact, he said these words, quote, that the baptizing of infants is an abominable custom. Amen. That the Lord's Supper and baptism are not to be observed as they are now practiced in the Church of England. 
He right. said that publicly. Amen. They burned him at the stake. Alive. On July 15, 1644, in Massachusetts Bay Colony, a.k.a. America, Thomas Painter was brought to the public square by the magistrates. They took that man, Thomas Painter, in the public square, they tied him to the post, and they whipped him 20 times with a three-corded whip. What was his crime? He refused to bring his newborn baby to the church for baptism. Amen. Massachusetts Bay Colony Governor John Winthrop at the time, he wrote the following. He said, quote, having a child born, he, speaking of painter, would not suffer his wife to bring it to the ordinance of baptism, for she was a member of the church, though he himself were not. Being confronted with this and still refusing, he was again brought to the court, not only for his former contempt, but also for saying that our baptism was anti-Christian. And in the open court, he affirmed the same. We ordered him to be whipped for reproaching the Lord's ordinance. You see, we could read story after story throughout history of God's people who were persecuted, who were banished, who were punished, who were even tortured in the worst ways imaginable, their property often was confiscated, and they were often martyred, all because of their stand Praise on the baptism. The Lord. Why? Good. What's the big deal? Amen. You ask the average Christian today, they'd say, I don't see what the big deal is. Well, if you know the Bible, Amen. you'll find out it is a big deal. Right. And hopefully this morning... We'll find out why. Amen. Now, when Luke chapter 3 began, the narrative of the book, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, obviously, inspired by the Spirit Amen. of God, it went from the one and only recorded event of the youth of Christ when he was 12 years old, when they took the trip to the temple and came back. They went to observe the Passover, and he, uh, he was left behind. Uh, that was the one event that was recorded during his youth, uh, to the ministry of John the Baptist some 18 years later. That's how this chapter began. And John the Baptist, if you remember, was the one prophesied of in the Old Testament. He would be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he would sound forth the fact to all that would listen Amen. that the Messiah has finally come. John chapter 1 and verse 29 says this, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And John was the first God-sent prophet to the nation of Israel in 400 years. Nothing since the prophet Malachi. And as we saw last week, John was sent by God to reach the hearts of the people, to stir the pot, if you will, in the land. And he did not do this by coddling people with pop culture phrases like, he gets us. 
uh, or by watering down the message or, or by uh, ignoring Bible truths and subjects that may be offensive to the culture. Uh, he didn't reach the hearts of man by having a concert or assembling a worship team or lowering the standards or having promotions and big days and giveaways. He did this by preaching the word of God. It was that simple. Amen. Boy, we've complicated it, haven't we? Right. And we've made it a mess by complicating it. And his preaching, as we saw last week, included three things. It included man's need for regeneration. It included a rebuke of man's behavior. And also the requirement of repentance in order to be saved. And we know that John's message would later, of course, land him in prison, as we see in uh, verse 20 of uh, Luke chapter 3. Uh, we read, added yet this above all, that he shut up John uh, in prison. And later we find out it's going to cost him his life. Right. Now here, John, in our text, is still in the wilderness of Judea. That is east of Jerusalem by the River Jordan. And of course, he's out there preaching to all men the soon coming Christ. Uh, he's baptizing those that, that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is preparing the materials uh, or, or the groundwork, if you would, for what would later become Christ's New Testament church. Uh, and while he is doing all of this, all of a sudden, somebody shows up. Here comes the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Living in obscurity for the past 30 years, you could argue 12. Christ is now 30 years old. His earthly ministry now is about to begin. His ministry, of course, of primarily going to the cross to pay for the sins of mankind, but also birthing and training the local New Testament church. And here in our text, we find the Lord Jesus Christ, who had left his hometown in Nazareth, where he grew up, a journey to the wilderness of Judea and he comes by the Jordan River there where John is and he comes there for one primary reason. Amen. Not to preach. Right. To be baptized. Praise to be baptized. Why? Why did Jesus Christ do this? Good. And what is this all about? This morning, hopefully, we'll understand. I'm going to preach on this subject, understanding biblical baptism. Amen. I think this is necessary. Amen. There's a lot of confusion out there. As you go out and knock on doors and talk to people, they don't understand what baptism is. What is it biblically? Well, let's find out this morning. Now, the biblical account of Jesus Christ's baptism is found in, really, in a sense, in all of the gospel records. We find it there, I read a moment ago, in Matthew chapter 3. It's also recorded in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Here in Luke, two verses I just read. And it's alluded to, we'll see this a little bit later, in John chapter 1 as well. And what I'd like to do this morning, and maybe you'd call it a doctrinal message, I don't know, call it what you will, but I'd like to take these accounts and look at pieces of them so we all today can and understand what exactly is going on here with Jesus Christ being baptized and how does that apply to us? Right. Amen. Well, let's find out Praise this morning. Four things this morning. Number one, let's begin with this. The clarification of Christ's baptism. 
Now go back to Matthew chapter 3. I read that on purpose a few moments ago. I wanted you there here quickly. And again we read in verse 13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Watch this, but John forbade him. Well, that's not a good thing to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And so John seems a little bit confused. Right. You see, for some time, John the Baptist has been, had been baptizing believers in the Jordan River. And John's message concerning baptism was simple. It was this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, believe he's the Messiah, believe he's the one who died for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead, and he is the only way to heaven, so believe on him for salvation, and then after that be baptized as a public profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So John clearly was teaching, and that's the Bible teaching by the way, that baptism is not something you do in order to be saved. Amen. It's something you do because you're saved. Right. Because your sins have been forgiven. Right. Amen. But now here comes Jesus. And he wants John to baptize him. That sounds confusing. Right. Why would Jesus want that? In fact, John says, I'll repeat it again in verse 14, I have need to be baptized of thee. Right. I'm the sinner around here, not you. Right. I would be the one after getting saved needs to be baptized, uh, not you. And so at first, John forbids him. He says, no. Because Jesus, John knew that Jesus Christ didn't need his baptism. But Jesus says in verse 15, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. In other words, I want you to baptize me. Right. So the question is why? Why would the sinless Son of God desire to be baptized? Why would God in the flesh desire to be baptized of John? Why would the Savior of the world ask to be baptized? Amen. Well, let me interject this. It's not for the same reasons that you and I should be baptized. Right. More about that later. But in, as we piece these together, the stories, the record of the story of Christ's baptism, we can easily understand why. Uh, here's reason number one. The first reason is this, to fulfill all righteousness. Amen. You say, well, that sounds like a word salad. What, what does that mean? Uh, uh, notice he says in verse 15, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? Here's what it means. We understand that Jesus is both God and man. 100% God, 100% sinless man. He's the perfect Son of God, the perfect God-man. And in order to be the Savior of the world, he had to live a sinless life as the perfect man. I think we understand that. And so in order to live a sinless life, he had to be obedient to all the commands of God the Father, which he was. And one of God's commands for New Testament believers 
is to be baptized. And so if Jesus Christ wasn't baptized, he would have been disobedient to one of God's commands. And so he's doing it, watch this, to fulfill all righteousness. Because I want to be what God sent me here to be, the sinless son of God. John 8, 29 says this, And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. So Jesus Christ was baptized. His baptism fulfilled all righteousness. It did something else. It also, he was baptized to confirm to John that he was the Messiah. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? Go over to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Notice verse 28. These things were done in Betharbara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After he, me cometh a man, which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now watch verse 31 here. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Watch this. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? Amen. I hope so. If not, I'll explain it. Up to this point, John never met Jesus. Right. He never met him personally. He did not know him. According to verse 31 and verse 33, he didn't know what he looked like. He didn't know what exactly to expect when he saw him. But then John tells us that the same God that called him from his mother's womb, the same God that sent him to preach and to introduce the Messiah and to baptize believers, that same God gave him a clue as to how to identify the Messiah, how to know for sure this is him. Again, I read in verse 33 at the end, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So notice it was only after he baptized and the Spirit of God descended on him that John publicly called him, this is the Son of God. Amen. And so the second reason that Jesus was baptized was to confirm to John that this is indeed Jesus the Christ, the Son of God in the flesh. Amen. There's a third reason. And that is this, to show the world God's approval. Praise Go back to Matthew chapter 3. We see this not only in Matthew chapter 3, we see it in other places. But we'll look at Matthew chapter 3. Notice verse 16. We read, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. Imagine that. Right. Now, there were multitudes of people that had come out to listen to John the Baptist. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, we read in Matthew 3, 5, if you look over there, then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. So, and so here was a big crowd. John chapter 1 tells us uh, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Levites uh, and the lawyers, if you will, all came out to hear this John the Baptist and to listen to his message. And when Christ was baptized by John, it was unlike any other baptism that John had done, Amen. any other baptism that took place, uh, we read that the heavens were open. We read that the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove and light lighted upon him. And then a voice from heaven was heard by all. Uh, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Can you imagine being there? What was that? Amen. The God of heaven who had been silent for 400 years broke the silence. And declared to the world, declared to everybody that was present uh, that this, yes, this, not Muhammad, not Confucius, right. not some false prophet, uh, right. not some religious guy. This is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. God was showing to all men that this is indeed the promised Messiah. So that's why he was baptized. He was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. He was baptized to confirm to John uh, that this was the Messiah and to prove and show to the world that this is indeed the Son of God. Right. Amen. I hope that cleared it up for you. Praise the Lord. So we see, number one, the clarification of Christ's baptism. Go to Matthew 28 now, and let's look at this. Number two, the command for our baptism. Amen. So now there's a command right. to you and to me and all believers we read in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Go ye therefore to the disciples in the, the first church here. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Notice baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We call this the Great Commission. Uh, it's also Amen. called the local church's marching orders from Jesus Christ. By the way, they have not changed. Amen. This is exactly what we're still supposed to be doing. I don't see a bake sale in there. I don't see a judo class in there. I don't see a softball team in there. I don't see rock and roll music in there. I see, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Make disciples of them. And then when they get saved, baptize them. Again, this is a command. Therefore, listen this morning, God commands every believer to be baptized. Amen. Everyone. Now, baptism, we know, has nothing to do with salvation. It does not wash away your sins. It does not complete your salvation. It does not help your salvation. Again, I repeat it again and again because we have to. Baptism has absolutely nothing to do with salvation. The only way a person gets forgiveness of their sins and a home in heaven is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. through his work on the cross of Calvary. That's it. And when I repent of my sin and trust him as my Savior, all my sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. First John 1 John 1.7 says, In the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son cleanses us from all sin, all means all. That's why, by the way, we do not baptize babies. And I, I tongue-in-cheek with the word baptize. We don't sprinkle babies. Right. 
We, we don't, uh, because doing that implies that baptism does something that it does not do. That's why throughout history, Baptists have stood against infant baptism because they're saying that washes away sin. That gets them to heaven. No, it does not. And it diminishes the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. So why does God want us to be baptized? Why is that? Well, two reasons. Here they are. Number one is this. Baptism is an act of identification. Now, I have on my hand today, and I have it on every day since probably the day we get married. I can't even get it off. It's on there so tight. I have my wedding ring, okay? When I wear this, it tells people I'm married. Now, this wedding ring doesn't make me married. If I go and put this on a a 10-year-old boy, that doesn't make him married, okay? What makes a person married is when they stand before God and they make a vow, I take you to be my wife and she takes it to be her husband and we make that vow and we're married and because we're married, to show people we are married as a symbol of our marriage, we put on the wedding ring. It's the same idea with baptism. You see, this identifies me with a woman and that's woman right here on this left side here. Right here. Raise your hand, so nobody gets confused. Hands off. She's mine. Amen. Stop looking at her. Amen. And she, wear, she wears a ring, too. Glad you, glad you wore it today. All right, let me ask you something. What would you think of me if I said, I don't want to wear this ring? <laughs> she says, bye. Well, I'm married. I know I'm married. She knows I'm married. I don't want to wear it. Honestly, what would you think? You'd think something's wrong. Right. Because if you love your wife Amen. and you care for her, right. why wouldn't you want to tell everybody that you're married? Right. Amen. It indicates that you're not really, you don't have allegiance to her. Right. That you're still playing the field. It's the same with baptism. Amen. It's like putting on a wedding ring. It's showing, again, we are identifying uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 4, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Understand, baptism is a picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. A picture that he was alive, lived a sinless life. He died on a cross, was buried, and he rose from the dead. And I'm putting my faith in what he did for my soul's salvation. It's identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. Going down into the water shows, pictures his death. Going under the water pictures his burial, because you got to stop breathing when you go under. And then coming up out of the water pictures his resurrection. It is a picture of the gospel. And when we get baptized, we're showing everybody what Jesus Christ did for us. But it's also showing what he's done in us. Not just for us. That my old man, I was a sinner. My old man is dead. He's buried. And I've, I've risen to the new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm a changed man. I'm born again. I'm a new creature in Christ. And I'm living for him. That's what it's telling others. That's why it's important. 
I am his and he is mine. It's an act of identification. But then number two, it's also an act of submission. Obedience. Uh, Listen, for the believer, baptism is a matter of obedience. If Jesus Christ commands us to be baptized, then we we should be baptized. I mean, isn't it that simple? It's really not that difficult. I mean, it's just like every other command. And we find in the New Testament that every person got saved got immediately baptized. Acts 2.41, Then they that gladly received his word, that's salvation, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I mean, they understood, I'm identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's commanded me to do this, therefore, why should I wait? I'm going to be baptized. Amen. But boy, we can come up with some excuses, can't we? Um, well, preacher, you know, I was christened as a baby. So why do I have to do that? I've heard people say this. I don't like getting my hair wet. Are you serious? Or I don't want to get my hair to get messed up. Or some would say, uh, I'm too old. Others would say, well, what will people think, you know? Or some would say, well, God understands. You know, he understands. I just, you know, I love him. I love him. I do. Well, show me thy faith by thy works. Amen. You can't show your faith without works. James chapter 2. You see, disobedience is disobedience. And so if you're saved and you're not scripturally baptized, you are being disobedient to God. I'm just saying it. And we cannot expect God to bless us. We cannot expect God to answer our prayers even, or God to use us as he could if we're not obedient to his commands. Which leads me to number three. That one went over real good. The clarification of Christ's baptism, the command for our baptism. Number three, the criteria of a scriptural baptism. So what what exactly is a scriptural baptism then? What makes a baptism right and a baptism... Now, years ago, I was speaking to a, uh, a chaplain. And uh, for reasons that pertain to the school and a student and so forth. And uh, uh, he, he was explaining to me, we were talking about baptism. And I asked him, I said, do you baptize by immersion? Which is, a, it's, a, it's redundant. But anyway, he said, he said, he answered me this way. He says, we accept immersion... Okay, so then I asked this, well, do you accept sprinkling? Do you accept infant christening? He said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. He says, whatever the person desires, whatever the mode they think, whatever they think they want to do, he says, we accept them all. The problem with that is this, God doesn't. He does not accept them all. Right. I, I, can, I can prove that. The Bible is very clear that there is only one Amen. scriptural baptism. Right. That's it. Ephesians 4, 4. There is one body, one spirit. How many believe there's only one Holy Spirit? Amen. Only one. Okay. Even as you're called in hope of your calling. One Lord. How many believe there's only one God? Amen. All others are false, right? Uh, one faith. Watch this. One baptism. Right. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And so there's only one way to be scripturally baptized. And if you do not follow this criteria, then you haven't been scripturally baptized. You say, what's the criteria? 
Well, it's very easy. Three things. Here they are. Number one is this. It has to be the right candidate. In other words, the person being baptized must be saved, Amen. born again, Amen. before they're baptized. Right. Okay, not after. Acts 8.36, and as they went on their way. We know the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, uh, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, watch this. See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, Amen. thou mayest. In other words, if you're a believer, if you've been saved, if you've been born again, if you understand Amen. what salvation is, you've repented of your sin and trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you can be baptized. Right. Amen. But if you haven't, then you need to take care of that first. The that means this, that the person must be old enough to understand the gospel. Okay, you say, well, what, what, what about that baby? What about that baby? Aren't you concerned that they go to heaven? Of course I am. Right. But if they're not of the, what we refer to as the age of accountability, they can't understand. The Bible indicates they automatically go to heaven right. when they die. Right. And so they're fine. Don't go throwing water on them because you have some warped idea of baptism in your mind. You're not washing anything away. You're just getting them wet. That's, that's all you're doing. And so it has to be uh, the right candidate. They must be old enough to understand. They must be able to give a clear testimony of their salvation. And by the way, if you're here today and you're saved, uh, you, don't, you don't need to wait. That's, you say, well, what else? What about the classes? What about, what, what about this and that? And what about, can't I, shouldn't I be saved a long time? No. In the book of Acts, it was immediately after they were saved, as long as they knew they were saved and gave a clear testimony of salvation, they got baptized immediately. Why wait? Just do what God says. So the right candidate. Then number two, the right mode. Do you know what the word baptize means? Immersion. That's what it means. Every time you see the, the word baptized in the Bible, go ahead in your mind, so put right in there, immersion. That's why when we say baptism by immersion, it's redundant. That's like saying, well, I, he was immersed by immersion. Well, of course he was immersed by, it doesn't even make sense. But we say that to clarify things because there's so much confusion. So the very definition of the word means to immerse. It means to bury. It means to go completely under the water. There are other Greek words that could have been used for sprinkle and for pour that God would have used if he wanted us to do that. But he didn't use those words. He used the word baptize, which means go all the way under the water. That's what it means. Um, sprinkling is not baptism. Pouring is not baptism. Amen. By the way, that's why we're called Baptists. Because we're immersers. That's why John was called John the Baptist. John the Immerser. Okay? He wasn't called John the Catholic. Or John the Methodist. Because they don't do that. That's what makes us Baptists. Because we believe in baptism is only, for believers only, by immersion only. And if it's not immersion, it's not the one baptism that the Bible is speaking of. And then there's a third criteria. And that is the local church. A genuine, the right authority. A genuine local New Testament church. Remember, I just read to you Matthew chapter 28. The Great Commission was given to churches. Genuine churches, genuine, local, authentic New Testament churches. In other words, a church whose doctrine matches up with the New Testament. Amen. So watch this. 
If a church teaches that baptism is a part of salvation, that's not a genuine New Testament church. If they teach that, uh, that, that salvation is by works, it's not a genuine New Testament church. If a church teaches that you must work to keep yourself saved, that is not a genuine New Testament church. Any deviation from this criteria, the right candidate, the right mood, and the right authority is not a scriptural baptism. And if any of those three are not present, then it's not scriptural. Now, you know my story. I, I say it so many times around here. I'm not getting tired of it. You may be. I'm not. I still like it. I got saved. Amen. But I grew up as a Methodist. I'm not dogging Methodist, but I'm just saying this. I got baptized when I was a boy. They, they poured water on my head, okay? And again, I wasn't saved. And so when, and it wasn't by immersion. And so that wasn't, a, that wasn't a baptism. Now, for years, I thought it was. If somebody would ask me, were you baptized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was baptized in Methodist Church. But then I got saved, and I learned what the Bible said, and I realized... I was never, never scripturally baptized. My wife the same. And so both of us, of course, we got saved on the same day. Shortly after that, we got scripturally baptized. We were adults. Amen. We didn't say, oh, no, no, well, what are people going to think? Or what was it? We didn't do that. And nobody should do that. Amen. We just saw what the Bible said, and we did it. Now, we're far from perfect. I'm just saying, but we did what the Bible says here. And so, again, if that criteria isn't a part of your story, uh, saved and scripturally baptized by the, by the right uh, mode, by immersion, and by a true local Amen. New Testament church, then I think the decision's pretty simple what you have to do. Right. If you want to be obedient to the Lord, the Lord. and not just be baptized Amen. scripturally. Which leads me to number four. And we're done. Not only the clarification of Christ's baptism, the command for our baptism, the criteria for a scriptural baptism, then lastly, the question for every believer. That's my, this is my part. So I ask you, first of all, are you saved? Amen. Are you certain if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? Now, I'm not necessarily trying to sensationalize things, but I think we're at a day that we should. Because Jesus Christ is coming soon. And none of us are getting younger. We're all getting older. And the trumpet's going to sound any moment. And our time to know the Lord and serve the Lord is going to be over really soon. You may not be on this earth another day. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. By a simple phone call, by a simple event, for me and for you. Life can dramatically change and even end. Right. Amen. So please make sure you're saved. Don't let pride stop you from being saved. Let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved. But maybe you're here and you say, you know what, preacher, I am saved. So let me ask you this. You heard the message today. You saw what the Bible says. Have you been scripturally baptized? Praise the Lord. And if not, why not? Right. Now, there's only two possible reasons, generally speaking, why you're not. Number one is this. Could, have been, could be ignorance. That's what it was with us. We didn't know. I didn't know. I was taught wrong. Okay? I just didn't know. So you may be here and say, well, I've been saved for a while. I've never been baptized, but I never understood it. And so guess what? You heard it. Now you're not ignorant anymore. Amen. So you can't use that excuse. Right. 
but it could have been I wasn't because I didn't know. And that's okay. We're all there in areas and we're still there in other areas. But the other reason could be not ignorance, but obstinance. God forbid. Pride. You're afraid of what people might think. You're afraid of getting up in front of people. You know, when my Savior and your Savior hung on the cross of Calvary, Amen. He bore our Praise shame. He hung there publicly Praise before Jesus. everyone so that Praise you and I could get to heaven. Amen. He didn't have to do that. And if our Savior Amen. can do that for us, uh, the Praise least the I can Lord. do is stand in front of a Amen. few uh, hundred people and get Praise baptized. Amen. That's the least I can do. So why don't you make a decision today? Good. Don't wait any longer. Amen. Delay is disobedience. Amen. And take care of it today. Come and talk to us. We can get you in the tank tonight. If you press it hard enough, I can get you into the tank right now. Do you know that every service that thing is warm and ready to roll? Praise the Lord. Every single service. Amen. You know why? I don't want to stand in the way of someone's obedience to God. Right. So I want, to, I want to get back to, well, you know, we only do that once a month or every quarter, and we want you to go through some classes and make sure you blah, 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 blah. Where's that in the Bible? Right. Certainly we should make sure that you're saved and you understand. Amen. I'm not saying you don't do that, right. but that doesn't take a whole set of classes. Right. It just takes the amount of time it takes you to get it. Right. Do it right away. Don't you want to obey your Savior? Amen. Don't you want His blessings? Don't you want Him to answer prayers? Don't you want Amen. Him to use you in a way beyond what you're being used now right. because you're not following Him Praise in obedience? Make the decision today. Amen. Don't wait another moment. Amen. Let's pray together.